New ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Wipulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their rankings of the most authentic brands as determined by Gen Z. Anastasia Pilat, Wipulse's content marketing manager and Gen Z expert, is here to take us through the information and what it means for all brands who are looking to connect with younger consumers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Every month, I have an interview that covers new research into young consumer trends and attitudes. Typically, the conversation is anchored in research around a particular trend. But today, we're going to mix it up a bit and talk not about a trend that's happening with young consumers, but rather how young consumers feel about brands, specifically how authentic they feel the brands are. But before we dive into that content, can you give listeners a bit of context around why Pulse's work in more broad terms? Absolutely. We talk to about 1,500 13 to 39-year-olds every week. The North America section is the U.S. and Canada. Our samples match the population of the U.S. in terms of race, gender, etc. That 13 to 39-year-old group includes both Gen Z and millennials. When you're talking about Gen Z in particular, what is the age range that you're narrowing down to? What is your definition of Gen Z? Our definition of Gen Z is technically three to 22, but sub 13, we're asking parents about the decisions that are being made for them because sub 13 aren't really making a lot of their own decisions. So we can start asking about their behavior in an authentic way once they've hit 13, but technically Gen Z for us is three to 22 years old. So for the purposes of this authenticity assessment, you surveyed 75,000 people. That was 13 to 22, right? That's what we're looking at. It's self-reported. Okay. And that 75,000, when were they surveyed? How current is this authenticity measure? So these are questions that we're asking every single week through all of our brand affinity surveys which are happening all year long, every single week. These were compiled from July of last year, July 2022, and ending July of this year. Context setting for this particular measure. First, let's back up and say, why do we even care if a brand is viewed as authentic by Gen Z? It's not new, right? That Consumers would want to feel like they can trust brands, that a brand is who they say that they are. But it's especially important for Gen Z because Gen Z has grown up with multiple quote unquote once in a lifetime crises. Many of them weren't quite alive yet for 9-11, but they lived in a world that was affected by it. They've just grown up in a world where it felt a little more unstable to begin with. They didn't have as much trust in authority. They didn't have as much trust in the economy. They've never lived in a world without very stringent TSA measures and and sort of this general sense of distrust and not being able to trust the powers that be which means that they're a little more skeptical in general and they want to feel like they can trust 
people and brands to be who they say that they are. That's where they're finding their sense of security and reliability. Do Gen Zs and millennials self-report that they want brands to be authentic? Yes. We have a list of 20 diagnostics that we ask Gen Z and millennials about when we're determining brand affinity. Personality, which is the first one, and it's where we got the authenticity metric. We ask them specifically about true to themselves. Are we saying authenticity is a combination of true to themselves and trustworthy? Is that combination? We based it just on true to themselves because the definition of true to themselves was the most closely aligned with authenticity, where trustworthiness is less about the connection between the brand and the consumer and more about just looking at the brand itself and its practices and the product offering. Authentic has a lot more to do with the brand's personality. You mm -hmm. can be a trustworthy brand without necessarily having the kind of personality that Gen Z is going to click with, right? Do Gen Z and millennial consumers say, I want an authentic brand? Yes. We asked how important is it for the brands that you purchase from to be true to themselves? And 82% said that it's important. And is that 82% just Gen Z or 82% Gen Z plus millennials? Gen Z plus millennials. And if we're just looking at Gen Z, what's the percentage there? 77%. You said you're going out every week. What does it look like? You gave us one question. How important is it to you that the brand be true to themselves? Are there other questions that you ask or is that pretty much the question? Once we know that that's important to them, within the same survey we're asking, so how can a brand show you that they're true to themselves? We asked this about all the diagnostics. The top answers were they're honest and transparent about their practices. They stick to their beliefs regardless of whether or not it's popular or trendy. And then this is the key one that I think really differentiates from trustworthiness is they have a true personality. They're not afraid to show it. And they're truly passionate about their products and offerings. Now, those two, those aren't necessarily as important when, when you're dealing with trustworthiness for a brand. A brand can be trustworthy without having a very strong brand personality, right? They right. just have to show up, be honest, transparent. Whereas an authentic brand, you know them by their personality. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite examples is Duolingo. I love talking about Duolingo because they keep winning with Gen Z. Not only do they have this super fun brand personality, which no one else could pull off what Duolingo does. Mm -hmm. um, they push the envelope a little bit. I don't think any other brands could speak the way that they do without being seen as, without being maybe called out a little bit by Gen Z, but it is so authentic to Duolingo and they are that way across the app, across their social media, across every part of their strategy that that's what makes them authentic. It's not just that they're fun, it's that they also back that up with they're an incredibly important educational technology platform as well. And Gen Z likes using their platform and finds a lot of value in it. That's not just entertainment, but it starts there. It starts with connecting with that personality. We have rankings number one down to 50. Mm -hmm. Is the gap between 
them relatively equal or did they tend to clump up? Are there levels of authenticity within that 50? Are there tiers of authenticity? There are no tiers. They're all fairly close. The first brand is Nike. They're by 59% true to themselves. But even the last on the list, which is Disney Plus with 44%. So it's a pretty tight throughout. Out of Mm -hmm. curiosity, where does Duolingo end up on that list? Duolingo is at number 19. So they're 50%. Okay. Wow. Right. So they're only 9% that that between Mm -hmm. them and and the Nike. And that's why it's so interesting because it really does cross over all of the different industries, right? We have beauty on there. We have food, food brands on there. Old Spice is on there. The Home Depot's on there. So it's not just one kind of brand or one kind, one industry that's on there. There are times that brands are like, maybe this information isn't for me. Maybe it's not relevant to my brand, but it Gen Z will appreciate your brand no matter what industry it's in if they can connect with you in that way. You can be a utility brand and 100% authentic. It doesn't matter. So what are the top five in the US and what are the top five in Western Europe? So the top five, some of them aren't going to be that surprising, right? So Nike's number one, Coca-Cola is number two, YouTube is three, Oreo is four, and then Cash App is five. That one is surprising and fun. In Western Europe, Nike is also number one. And then Apple is number two. PayPal is number three, which is also top 10 North America. And then Lacoste and then Coca-Cola for number five. So in terms of being surprised, you mentioned Cash App, that that was a surprise. Were there any any other surprises in terms of placement in the top 50? Things that you thought would be higher that weren't? Things that showed up that you didn't expect? Any others beyond Cash App? So... For us, it's not as much of a surprise because we're tracking them and paying attention to everything they're doing throughout the year so that we can write about it, so that we can talk about it. But I think a lot of brands would be surprised to see some of these on the list. And then they'd be surprised maybe that some of Gen Z's favorite brands in general are a little bit lower. Like TikTok is at 48. That puts it below Ikea. That puts it below Ziploc. The brands were very recognizable. When people are coming up with the brands, is is that from a list of things provided by Ypulse or or is there some generation by Gen Z millennials themselves when they answer questions? They're based on the brands that we're tracking throughout the year. How many brands do you guys track? We track over a thousand brands and that's in our weekly survey that we're asking about brand affinity. We ask about the awareness that and mindshare that young people have about a brand. Have you heard of this brand all the way to yes. And I love this brand. And then after that, we're asking what their brand affinity is based on whether they have awareness of the brand or not. Has Ypulse done an authenticity ranking before? Have you done this? Did you last year? Did you do this ranking? We didn't do this ranking, but we've had our true to themselves metrics since 2020, early 2020. And have they changed? Are you seeing movement? They're not changing that much unless they have a really big cultural moment that shoots them up the rankings or tears them down in Gen Z's eyes. We're not seeing a ton of movement there. Question, because you are looking at so many brands, the top 50 were very tight. Is it tight all the Mm -hmm. way down? It spreads out a little bit more. There are brands that are just not going to rank very highly on true to themselves. So- 
when you were talking about things that might change where they where they land, could it be a single event or is it more a trend over time? Like what would affect authenticity? The thing about authenticity is that it is both durable and fragile. It's durable in that once you have the trust and the once Gen Z knows that you're a brand they can consider authentic and true to themselves, then you can take a couple hits without falling too far. It's also in the repair process, right? Just like with humans, which is an analogy that we've been using a lot when we talk about authenticity. When you have a close friend and you can trust they are who they say they are and they make a mistake and they own up to it and they apologize for it, maybe you'll have a moment where it takes you just a little bit of time to get back to where you were and as close as you were but it doesn't end the friendship. What ends the friendship is when this brand or this person does something that is so contradictory to who you thought they were, to the values that you thought you both shared. That's what really ruptures or potentially severs that connection, whether it's between people or between the brand and Gen Z. Huh. Interesting. I want to go back to to Cash App. <laughs> Why is that showing up there in the top five like that? What's going on? Cash App surprised us on the inclusive brands list as well. They were also top 50. I believe they were top 10. And it's because they really listen and connect with Gen Z in a way that we don't see a lot of other fintech apps doing. Their social media is very Gen Z coded. They're speaking to Gen Z about what they're actually concerned about and in a way that feels not condescending. I think financial industries have a tendency to speak to Gen Z in a slightly patronizing way sometimes, right? Like treating them like kids, but they're not kids anymore. They're making big decisions about student loans, right? They're using their credit for the first time. They're starting to make their own money in a lot of cases. And so Cash App connects with them in that way, but then they also make sure that their personality is forefront. Right. And then they're also collabing with a lot of Gen Z favorites like Megan the Stallion, I believe, is one. Cardi B was definitely one of them. So they they're it's not that finances have to be so heavy and serious. It can also be fun and you can have a personality associated with it. What does Gen Z coded mean? You use that phrase. What does that mean? We could talk about that for a couple of hours. They've grown up being advertised to. They've grown up with a lot of perfect and polished imagery. And this is why authenticity resonates with them so well. They're just a very straightforward, or they try to be very straightforward, like say what you mean, mean what you say. They also, because of the uncertainty of their futures and their present, especially during the pandemic, They don't take everything super seriously. Girl math is a great example of that. Have you heard about girl math? I have not. Oh no, I'm scared. (laughs) I love it. I love girl math. So basically it's just a really lighthearted way that Gen Z is addressing their financial struggles or financial worries about the future. So girl math, I think that it started on an Australian radio show, but women would call in and say, I made this extravagant purchase, this very expensive dress. I think it was like $1,000. I need you to help me justify it. And the also female hosts would say, first of all, you're definitely going to wear it more than once. So already it's less than $1,000. Second of all, it's 
you got it on sale, usually it's $1,200. So already you're saving money. Then if you want to, you can resell it, in which case it's free. And so no Gen Z are actually taking it that seriously, but a lot of financial institutions and media sources put out pieces like Gen Z isn't financially responsible because they're using girl math. And it's not uh, about that. No, exactly. They're actually very witting of the uh, witting of the thing. Jumping ahead. You had mentioned that you have your responders say how brands can showcase authenticity. So what are the ways in which brands show authenticity and what does it look like? Brands are really fortunate in that they have way more ways to be able to connect with Gen Z in a way that brands decades ago didn't, right? Social media in itself is a huge, huge, huge way that brands can connect in a really authentic way. And that looks like just being conversational behind the scenes, actually engaging with followers instead of like a broadcast message. It's a dialogue. That's huge. TikTok comments, like it's it's a quick way to, without having to refer to the company line, it's a quick way to just engage with Gen Z as human beings. Like you'll see, and this is just an example, I don't know if they actually did, but you'll see brands like Tide commenting on a viral TikTok and then alongside Adidas. They don't have to be constantly selling. There isn't constantly a CTA. Sometimes they're just engaging and that's what makes it fun for Gen Z. Like why is Cheetos commenting on my TikTok? That's what makes it fun. That's what shows the personality, right? I want to jump in here because I want to make it very clear. This is not that they're just in their own feed responding. It's that their social media team is actually looking at people who are out in the Mm -hmm. world doing things that are brand relevant and they're commenting there. Usually viral posts, I would imagine. They don't just, or or would they comment on anybody's? Well, I would say it would, if it's viral, it doesn't even have to be brand relevant. Okay. If it's smaller, sometimes it is. We had this great example of Taco Bell commenting on this girl's TikTok where she had just gone through a breakup and she was sobbing, scara down her face. She had gone to Taco Bell and was just treated really nicely by the staff there, came back, made a video about it just to show some appreciation and be like, thank you, Taco Bell. Like I'm going through a really awful time and this just made it a little better. And Taco Bell commented and it wasn't even a viral TikTok. But Taco Bell commented and said, we got you, baby girl, these things shall pass, something like that. That is a great example of brands just showing up because Gen Z is already talking about them. There's not a clear delineation, right, between normal social engagement commentary and where brands can jump in. Brands can jump in anywhere, just be lead with your personality and not with your product offerings. So very interesting. So those are social media. Are there other ways, I mean, to show authenticity out in the world or is it really mainly on the social platforms? It's through every single part of your funnel. When you're throughout your website, for instance, it needs to be clear and honest and providing actual value The thing about Gen Z is that they're not swayed by a cute little marketing campaign saying that you are sustainable. 
um, that you're a sustainable brand, that you believe in fair trade and ethical labor practices. That only goes so far when Gen Z can Google your brand and see that your company is using so many gallons of water or so much electricity. That's why with the brands that are using, like have massive carbon footprints, but are talking about sustainability, Gen Z will call them out in two seconds. So that goes to your landing pages and make sure, I guess another big part is making sure that it is consistent, that your brand voice and personality is consistent. Value-based branding isn't a new concept by any means. It just is that much more crucial in the age of Gen Z, where you have more opportunities to connect with Gen Z, but that also means more opportunities to not show up in the way that they want you to show up. So that also means that your staff is representative, is authentic representation. That means that the influencers that you partner with also back up the values that you claim to have. Right. To to your Taco Bell example, it's the person who's actually working in the Taco Bell who's friendly to this person and is present when they're dealing with them. So it's not only the, we got you girl, but it's that actually triggered it in the first place was the humanity at that touch point. So it's all it's exactly all of, the, all of the touch points. I'm curious, Drew Barrymore, who was in the news because she was going to break with the strike. She's a millennial so, brand. So for she's sure. a millennial brand. Okay, but authenticity <laughs> yeah. supposed she has a brand of friendliness and mm-hmm. kindness, and she decides to break against a strike, against a union that she's been in since she was very little. Does that break her authenticity? Does it matter if is if that one action? So it's definitely a little bit tougher when it is a single human, right? right? We talked about in cancel culture, our cancel culture trend report, that Gen Z isn't asking brands or celebrities or influencers to never make a mistake ever. They actually are totally okay with mistakes. It's just about the way that it's repaired, right? Okay, okay. So Drew Barrymore, this one is also tough because... With traditional celebrities versus influencers, Gen Z already has a slight skepticism because they've seen so many of their favorite celebrities get canceled. A lot of celebrities were, say, like Drew Barrymore, were around long, long, long before there was this culture of show me your whole life, connect with me on a very personal level and not just through traditional media sources. It It's exciting when Gen Z gets to connect with them, say on social media, like when Mandy Moore got a social media account or when Kate Hudson appeared on TikTok, it's very exciting. Mandy Patinkin has a very wholesome TikTok. It's exciting for Gen Z to connect that way, but there is this slight sense of separation and understanding that there's a great chance any of their favorite celebrities could be canceled at any time, right? There's nothing more bubble bursting than seeing what just (laughs) happened with Danny Masterson. Like so many of us grew up with that 70s show and seeing that that's not the first time something like that has happened. Half the cast of Glee was ended up in, how do I phrase that? Well, in hot water. I mean, it's almost like this is why we Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that right. Exactly. So there there is sort of an inherent, exactly. There's an inherent sense of distrust. And again, depending on what it is, you can come back from it. 
I would say it's more, it's easier for brands to be able to do that sometimes than people because you can fire the people who decided to go ahead with a very offensive, exactly. And then the brand itself is safe and detached from that. Whereas a person I think is held up to a higher standard. And people are fallible. So last question. I'm a marketer. I've looked at the list. My brand's not on it. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a big budget. What's something that's not a heavy lift that I can do to help my brand be more authentic? Social media is such a great way to do this. It's not about having super perfect, polished imagery or high production level videos and photos. It's about just showing a little bit of your human side being clear about your personality and beliefs there, connecting with Gen Z as if you're a person too, right? We see all the time on say Twitter and TikTok that like they can tell when it's a Gen Z social media manager because they just sound like their own. They speak their language. They don't take things too seriously. They have fun with it. But then it's also just consistency throughout your brand. If you're saying one thing, show it. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Well, and also, I suppose to your point about engagement, it's not really a fraction of somebody's job. You really do have to say it is real work being on social media and it does take time and you do need to Very much read so. posts to engage with posts. And so your social media manager who is taking a fair amount of time, it may be legit and you've got to actually give them the time to look and engage because it is about engaging and reading and actually reading and not just pretend reading. I mean, so, and someone who understands the culture too of social media, because each social media platform has its own culture and it is super clear to Gen Z when it's just a brand who doesn't really understand the culture of that platform trying to hop in. It's like when your uncle comes to the quote unquote kids table at Thanksgiving and they're like, Hey kids. And they try and use your slang. It's so cringy. And you can tell that they're trying to connect, but it just doesn't feel authentic whatsoever. And you almost feel a little bad for them. Like, all right, you know, <laughs> sit back down. All right, grandpa. Exactly. Exactly. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining us today and, and taking us through the information. It's been really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about it. We reach the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.